to talk about the 10 psychological seduction manipulation techniques. These are techniques that people openly use to manipulate another person. Um, but these are also things to look for to see if you're being manipulated. I don't recommend using these techniques. I'm just stating what they are for people that have been manipulated and they don't really understand what's happened to them. This might help them kind of break things down and understand exactly what's happening. And you'll recognize some of these patterns because they're very common, but they're, they're psychological manipulation and seduction techniques. So the, this is not a positive thing. This is a negative thing. When people try to manipulate or coerce people into doing something, these are the things that they do. Um, number one, this is the person that flatters you. Oh my God, where did you get that handbag? Oh my God, I love your haircut. You know, oh my God, you know, you, you look gorgeous. You know, and some people are just being genuine. So you have to, you know, when, when you get to know someone, you'll, you'll understand if they're being genuine or if they're trying to manipulate you. But when someone flatters you, and then they don't follow up with anything else, they're just complimenting you, then that's okay. It's when someone is flattering you and flattering you and then they're following up with, hey, can you do me a favor? Or hey, can I borrow money? Or hey, you know, then it's the second point that they introduce that that will show you what they're really up to. And that's how they're using the flattery to manipulate you. It's compliments, but it also can be compliments to, to get you to do something. And so when you flatter someone, you are tapping into their insecurities and they will be drawn to you. You know, we all love to be complimented. We all love to, you know, when someone says, oh my God, you know, I love whatever it is, you know, that makes us feel really good. And so it makes us drawn to that person. You know, if you have a, a person that's insecure about their looks and someone says, oh my God, you look gorgeous. That's, you know, that can be a really amazing feeling for someone, for anyone for that matter. We all love compliments. But there's a certain type of flattery that will fly kind of under the radar where it's like, you know, with some people, your bullshit detector goes off and you're like, oh, okay, this person is like kissing my ass. What do you want? It's like that. Or if you have a, you know, a woman that's insecure about something and, you know, someone like really hones in on that point of weakness and and flatters that person 
you know, it makes us feel really great, especially we all have insecurities. <clears throat> the, the second one is, it's called the Trojan horse. And this is probably the most insidious. And it applies to all genders and all cultures. If you constantly give to someone, they feel indebted to you. It's the scenario used innocently, you know, let me buy you a drink or let me pay for lunch. And all of a sudden you feel indebted to them. You know, it's best, you know, unless you're super close to the person and you really, really know this person, don't get, don't get into that game. Just, you know, be like, I'm going to pay for my own drinks. Thank you. You know, I'm going to pay for my own lunch, whatever the case may be. But don't get kind of sucked into this feeling indebted to the, the other person. Because it can, it can become, let me pay for your lifestyle and I own you. And this is the kind of thing that you may feel is um, voluntary, but it's best just to stay away from it. It's different if someone's giving you a birthday present or some, you know, gift, you know, for some holiday. That's not what I'm talking about here. But it's, you know, it's that cliche, let me, let me buy you a drink. And then you feel like the older person. That's the Trojan horse. The silent treatment is number three. This is when a person just suddenly and unexpectedly just goes silent. And it just throws you off. And it makes the other person feel like they've done something wrong and they try to make up for it. And when the, when the person tries to make up for it, the person that uh, started the silent treatment, they know that they have them wrapped around their finger. So if someone goes silent on you, you feel, you automatically are going to feel like you did something wrong. And nine time, nine times out of, out of 10, you didn't do anything wrong. This person is using the silent treatment to manipulate you. And then you're going to feel like you have to do something to make up for it or apologize. And you don't even know what you're apologizing for because you didn't even do anything wrong. And this person has you wrapped around their little pinky. Next one is the mirror. This is a person that basically mirrors you. They are interested in all the same things. The, they like to do the same things. They pretend to say, have the same values. They even sometimes will pretend to have the, the same religious background. And this person is quite dangerous in my opinion because they're, they're mirroring you and so you're, you're attracted to a fake person. They're mirroring you, so they're copying you. So you are being reflected back to yourself. 
And so the person that you like and the person you're engaging with isn't, isn't them, it's you. And that's very confusing. And these types of people that do this mirroring, they usually tell fake secrets to build trust and loyalty, and then you share little secrets, and then they usually will keep a list of your secrets to use against you in the future. It's pretty, it's pretty insidious. And it's a game. The game is to give them what they want to hear and need emotionally and then take. So the mirror almost becomes a character to whoever that person needs you to be. It's almost like d dating an actor or actress. They go into a character and they mirror you. And they do this to build trust and loyalty. But for them, they're doing this to get what they want. And you can't help not liking the person because the person is copying you. And so usually like when these people are dating or they, they have, you know, these first dates or second dates, the, the reaction is always the same. Oh my God, I've met, you know, the man of my life or I met the woman of my life. And, you know, where have you been all my life? You know, this person appears to be perfect. This person seems to, you have all the, the right things in common. And chances are the person is just mirroring you. So it's, you're falling in love with a mask, a fake persona. And then they take what they want. Next is the demand. And this is when a person, salespeople are really good at this, where they push you and they, they demand, well, I need an answer now. You know, we, we already have 10 people waiting in line, so I need your answer now, or are you gonna buy this now? But before one has the time to think, you need to think about like what your decision is. And you just basically say to them, you know, I, I'll get back to you. You know, the, the demand is these people are coercive and they, they will push you to doing things and you're like, wait a minute. And you can be, here's another example. You can be at a store and you're looking at something, lipstick or something, and or a nice little cute top or something. And the salesperson is like, oh, so do you want me to wrap that up for you? And it's this awkward feeling of like, wait, what? I haven't even tried it on. And so you, you're put in this awkward position of saying no. And you wanna push that person away and quickly say, I need to think about it. I need to think about it. I need to think about it. This person knows that they they try to hook you before you even have time to think. Really slick salespeople do that. And it 
it's always frustrating and many times have I just like walked out the door because I felt like there was just too much pressure. So another one is the big question. The person, I'll call this person the manipulator, they'll ask you for something huge. They'll ask for like a huge favor or something really big, knowing that it will be turned down. Then you settle on what they had in mind the whole time, which would be minor. So if a person asks you if they can move in, say like if you're dating someone and the person asks if they can move into your apartment, you may say no because you're just not ready. But feeling like sympathetic towards this person, you know, after some conversation, you tell them they may stay a couple weeks for whatever reason. And see, that's the thing. That's, that may be all they wanted the whole time was just to come and stay for a short amount of time. But instead, they present this very large request. So then you're like, well, no, you can't move in with me, but you can, you can stay the weekend. But the clever thing is, is that was the goal the person had in mind the whole time. Or maybe they just wanted to stay the night. But they've manipulated you to get exactly what they need. So here's another one. Um, I don't know what to call this one. Maybe young and naive. It's like this, this person is, it's, it's a logical, uh, aggressive move, but we've gone through this when we're like younger. You know, this is like the younger, uh, you know, when you're young and you're dating. Um, an example would be someone saying to you, if you love me, you would marry me. So that puts this pressure on you. Like, well, I do love this person, but you know, you may not be ready to get married because you want to go to grad school or you want to do, you know, you're waiting on a certain job or you want to get yourself established, whatever that may be. So, but the person presents it. If you love me, you would marry me. And so that's, it's coercive. And so the other person would marry the other person just to prove their love, but it's a trap. Because if you truly someone, love someone, you don't need to prove that you love them. You don't need to prove anything. Because love is, doesn't come with consequences. Love is more pure. So here's another one. I don't know what I want to call this one either. Um, but this is more statistical. You know, going back to the marriage scenario, if, if a couple, they've been dating for a couple years and you know, the, the, the boyfriend or the girlfriend, want, one of, if one of them wants to get married, they may bring in statistics. 
you know, statistics show that people who get married are, you know, twice as healthy. You know, I don't know, I'm just making something up. Or, you know, statistics show that people get married by the time they're 25 and then they have their kids by the time they're 30. Again, I'm, I'm making this up. You can fill in whatever you want in the blank, but it's the person's using statistics to, to talk the other person into doing something. Okay, here's a big one. Um, guilt and shaming. Guilt and shame is just really wreaks havoc in our minds. When a person guilts us or they're shaming us, it really makes us feel bad and it stays with us. The person makes the other person feel guilty for what he has done um, or is not or what he hasn't done and basically the person will just shame the other person you know or they'll they'll gather information on this specific person to make them feel guilty You know, these are the people that study other people and they, they learn what your hot buttons are. And then once they learn your hot buttons, they'll push them. That's that person, the guilty and shaming person. Shaming one over and over about his or her past is, is manipulation. Unless the person, you know, has done something really, really horrible. You know, it's instead of shaming them over and over, maybe you just end the relationship if, if they if they've done something so horribly that you need to shame them. Because, you know, people aren't gonna change. We can't change people. We have to learn how to work around people or work with people. This is the remote control one. So this is every time a topic that is undesirable comes up, one would bring up something of genuine interest to the other half so that they cannot resist talking about it. You know, it might be like, oh my gosh, you know, I saw this beautiful car or I saw this beautiful apartment. You know, what do you think of someday living together, moving in together? Or what if we bought a car together? Or what if, you know, it can be anything. But it's, it's used to momentarily get you to stop doing something else. So they're, they're almost like taunting you with something that's interesting, something that you might like, but it's to steer you away from something else. So here's another one. This is the, is that what you really want? Question. So you may be picking out a gift for the person and the person is right here, you know, with you, right in front of you. And when you say to someone, is that what you really want? You know, it may sound harmless, but it can make the request look 
outlandish. There's a little bit of, depending on how it's said and depending on how it's worded, it can make the other person feel like, well, gosh, you know, maybe I'm asking for too much. So by the time the conversation is over, you know, the, the two people have settled in, into something that's quite different from what was originally picked out. It can be an engagement ring. It can be anything. But when a person says, is that really what you want? You know, it can make you feel bad. The other person's intention may be like, gosh, you know, I'm just checking to make sure this is what you really like because I'm paying for it and I don't want to shell out lots of money if this isn't what you really want. So that one's a little tricky. And so there's another one that's like the fantasy treatment. This also can be manipulative where it's the, you know, it can be the man or the woman um, is cooking dinner for you and serving up like your favorite meal. And that's all well and fine. That's like a nice thing to do. But it's the intention. You know, it's like they're buttering you up. You know, it can be like, you know, the the wife sprinkles rose petals, you know, towards the bed. And, you know, there's like this fantasy that's happening. And then there's a bubble bath and, and candles, which it's all, you know, it sounds like romantic, but it's like, what is the intent? What's the intention? You know, if it's just pure romantic and, you know, but you have to look at what is next. What is the person trying to get? If they're just trying to be romantic and they're trying to have a romantic evening, that's fine. But just look for that, what's next? Is there something else? Just beware, because when people are nice, it's not always just because they're being nice. It can be they want something. You know, when they act randomly kind or hostile to throw you off, you know, of their true motives. So beware. Beware. 